Welcome to another episode of the Jam Pack Report today for January the 6th of 2021. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it's your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. So if you enjoy the show and you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. In 2020, we saw the launch of the PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X, and the Series S, and no matter what console you had your eye on or that you picked up, you made a good choice, because there really isn't a wrong answer here. Each one of those is unique and powerful in its own way, and brings something new and innovative to the table. With that being said, the DualSense is still generating a lot of conversation because of the sheer innovation in this piece of tech. Of course, for those that don't know, the DualSense is the PlayStation 5's controller, and it takes that innovation the DualShock started and builds on it with new features, better haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, and it changes the way that games feel on the screen. And it seems that Microsoft is taking notice of this because now they are asking Xbox owners if they would like DualSense features on the Xbox. Xbox controllers. In a questionnaire distributed to customers who have purchased the Xbox Series X and S consoles, one question appears to be canvassing interest in PlayStation 5's DualSense controller, which launched in November and has been widely praised for features including its adaptive triggers. I am aware of features on PlayStation controllers that I wish were on the controller that came with this console, reads one statement in the survey, which respondents are asked to agree or disagree with. The survey also asked specifically which controller features Xbox Series X and S owners would like to see and whether they believe their new console feels next-gen according to Tech Radar. Haptic feedback and adaptive triggers are incredibly difficult to sell in a television commercial or written article such as this, but trust us when you first experience DualSense they are simply magical, VGC wrote in its PlayStation 5 launch review. VGC also named DualSense its Innovation of the Year 2020. That Sony has us imagining what can happen in the hands as much on the screen speaks to a vital tech leap and, arguably, the only truly next-gen experience in 2020, our critic wrote, they say, at VGC. In a Verge interview published in November, Xbox boss Phil Spencer praised Sony for its work on DualSense 2. I applaud what they did with the controller, not actually for, well I shouldn't say not for the specifics of the controller, but more than just the specifics of the controller, he said. I think for all of us in the industry, we should learn from each other and the innovation that we all push on. Whether it's distribution of business model like Game Pass or Controller Tech or the Wii back in the day, which clearly had an impact on us when we went off and did Connect and Sony did the move. Spencer added, I think all of that innovation is something that we should all be looking at and learning and growing and saying, okay, what's really going to break out and become a common part of a platform that developers and players are going to look for? Or what is more vertical around a specific scenario or a specific piece of hardware? We're trying to be eyes open on that. For any technology, whether it's a controller or any VR or anything else, end quote. This is incredibly exciting. Of course, as somebody who owns an Xbox Series X, I would love to have a controller that baked in the features that the DualSense brings to the table, and I completely understand where Microsoft is coming from, because whenever these two new consoles launched and the DualSense baked in features that the other console did not, 
developers still have to make these capabilities regardless in third-party games. So if these adaptive triggers are supported in Far Cry 6, that capability is going to be baked in by the team at Ubisoft regardless. So if there is fan interest, which I would say there probably is, then they might as well go ahead and release some kind of controller update for the Xbox Series X and S that does add these features in future hardware. Now this is also a case study for iron sharpening iron because all boats rise with the tide, I think is the saying as it goes. Uh, and so if you do have one company that innovates and makes something unique and new, you have another company looking on saying, that's cool, I wish we had thought of that, let's try doing some of that going forward. Then they innovate, then they create something new based off of somebody else's idea and build that up even more, and then they have a breakthrough. And then the other company does that. And so you have this back and forth that essentially makes everything better, and it all just trickles down to us, the players, that get better experiences over time because of the breakthroughs that these companies are experiencing. Now again, I have not had time or the opportunity to dive in and play with a DualSense controller. I don't have a PlayStation 5, and I don't know anyone that does that I have access to. With that being said, I'm incredibly excited to feel how a God of War game plays with adaptive triggers. I'm incredibly excited to feel that tension on the bow that we've all been hearing about for the course of the past year and a half or more. Uh, I want to dive in and experience that, and I would love to see that become a ubiquitous kind of experience across all platforms, because Xbox players deserve to have that kind of experience as well, and if Microsoft can bake that into future iterations of Xbox controllers, I don't see why they wouldn't. Now, one other opportunity that Microsoft has here is to improve their premium Elite controller line. I think that could be the route they go as well, uh, and that would be a bit unfortunate. I would love to see an update to the base controller, the one that you can walk into a store and buy for 60 or 70 bucks. That seems to be how you actually compete with Sony, and you make these features a standard part of the Xbox experience if they do choose to go that route. Uh, but the Elite controllers could also use this same update if they did choose to go the premium route and make that another feature uh, of buying an Elite controller. I could also see Microsoft doing that as well. But we'll see how it goes. Right now, this is just the preliminary testing phase, just seeing if people actually want this kind of thing. Uh, but I would say the answer is probably going to be a relatively synonymous yes. But if you do get a new controller, you could play Cyberpunk 2077 on Steam with it. But you might not be as popular as you would have been a couple of months back because the Steam player base for Cyberpunk has dipped 79% since launch. Now, before we dive into this article, I do want to say this is not necessarily unique. This is not something that is staggering. This is a pretty standard metric that's just a couple of months ahead of schedule. CD Projekt Red's recently released Cyberpunk 2077 has seen a 79% decline in players on Steam since its launch. The figures, collated by GiffyP, I think is how you say that, uh, reveal that while the game boasted 1 million concurrent users when it first came to PC in December, the RPG is now barely managing to hit 225,000 players at a time. This drop has occurred three times faster than the studio's previous game, 2015's The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, which saw a 79 decline in players within three months. 
It is worth noting that single player titles tend to see a rather fast drop off in players due to their limited replayability compared to multiplayer games. Githy P does point out that open world games sometimes buck this trend due to their, well, big and open worlds. Cyberpunk 2077 launched on December the 10th, but the eagerly anticipated game was a source of drama even before its release. In the build-up to launch, it emerged that the title could trigger seizures in those suffering from epilepsy. And then after release, CD Projekt Red came under fire for the quality of the game, which features a number of glitches, bugs, and graphical errors on all platforms, but this was in particular true of the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions of the game. The studio has admitted it did not spend enough time on Cyberpunk 2077 on those platforms and has vowed to fix the game with a number of big patches. Both Sony and Microsoft are offering refunds for the game, while Sony has taken the extraordinary step of pulling the title from the PlayStation Store. This has led to CD Projekt potentially facing a number of class action lawsuits from investors who feel that the company misled them over the quality of Cyberpunk 2077. One such case has been filed by New York firm Rosen Law, with CD Projekt vowing vigorous action to defend itself. Again, this isn't necessarily something that is staggering, but it certainly happened faster than many people thought that it would, and the size and the scale of Cyberpunk 2077 as a game does not warrant this big of a drop-off. Clearly, people are dissatisfied with the quality of the game, and I think the majority of people that have stopped playing are probably in my camp, where I have the game on the Xbox Series X, and it runs relatively well. I could probably finish the game if I wanted to, and the experience wouldn't be horrendous, uh, but I would much rather wait until they finish the game. I would much rather wait until they release that next-gen update, and in the case of PC, I personally, if I were playing on Steam, would want to wait until glitches are gone. And I'd want to wait until it was the game that we were expecting uh, whenever it supposedly was going to launch in December. Uh, but I don't think this is going to be the end of the story for Cyberpunk 2077. I think they are certainly hitting a low point, and I think they hit a low point a couple of weeks back. Uh, but I do think they are going to see a resurgence in players whenever the game gets the updates uh, that are coming down the pipe. And I do think that there is going to be a very, uh, very big comeback for Cyberpunk once it is officially done. Uh, but unfortunately, that's that was just not the case with the original launch. But if you are into Microsoft's Minecraft, uh, the Minecraft Earth game is closing down on June the 30th. I forgot this was a thing. Minecraft, excuse me, my, ooh, that was a, that was a Microsoft, and then I did Minecraft. Anyways, Microsoft is closing down its Minecraft Earth mobile game in June due to the ongoing pandemic. The ambitious game had aimed to rival Pokemon Go and cover the world in virtual blocks for players to meet and play together. Minecraft Earth was designed around free movement and collaborative play, two things that have become nearly impossible in the current global situation, says the Minecraft team. As a result, we have made the difficult decision to reallocate our resources to other areas that provide value to the Minecraft community and to end support for Minecraft Earth in June 2021. The final build of the game is being released today, which reduces the amount of time it takes to craft in the game and the cost of certain materials. It's designed to let players craft and build more easily and safely at home in the coming months before the game is disabled on June the 30th. Players will no longer be able to download or play Minecraft Earth after June 30th, and Microsoft is deleting player data on July the 1st. Microsoft first unveiled Minecraft Earth in May of 2019. The idea was to recreate the experience of playing Minecraft in the real world through augmented reality and to allow players to build virtual buildings out of materials. The game focused on social interactions with others, and it was part of a bigger effort across Microsoft to leverage the help of the HoloLens and Azure Cloud Server teams. 
Before the game's release, Apple even invited Microsoft on stage at its Worldwide Developers Conference to demonstrate the new title. Players will now no longer be able to purchase items in Minecraft Earth, and any paid ruby balances will be converted into mine coins, which you can use to buy skins, maps, and mini-games in the Minecraft marketplace. We are eternally grateful for the amazing talent in the Minecraft community, says the Minecraft team. This was not an easy decision, and we are doing everything we can to make sure you get the most out of Minecraft Earth before it sunsets. Huge bummer here, because I think it's something that could have been cool if there hadn't been a global pandemic. Uh, but even then, whenever you read something is trying to rival Pokemon Go, I don't think that Minecraft Earth was going to be that thing. Because in Pokemon, you literally have a Pokedex in your hand, and you just go around and you, and you capture these animals that we all grew up with. And so that's a very uh, point A to point B kind of frame of thought. But with Minecraft Earth, you have to make things, you have to find opportunities to make things. Uh, Pokemon Go can be completely solo in a way, it's just collecting things. Uh, and so I think that this took a little bit more effort, and a lot of people probably aren't going to be as on board with this. But it could have been very cool, especially for the younger generation. And so to see that it's going away is uh, definitely a bummer for the team at Minecraft, and I'm sure that there are plenty of fans out there that are also disappointed. But if you do want to dive in, you have the opportunity to get uh, a amplified version of Minecraft Earth, essentially, uh, until June the 30th, since it doesn't have any kind of limitations. Now, the final story of the day is one that is very abbreviated, more of a uh, press release, if you will. Netflix is ending Wii U and 3DS support on June the 30th, and of course, this is from GamesIndustry.biz's news in short. The app was removed from the eShop on December the 31st, and previous customers can still re-download it if they do want to. But if you do want to watch Netflix on your Wii U or 3DS, you better get that app installed, and you can take advantage of it until the middle of the year. I say this as a press release because I know a lot of people out there just use old hardware for Netflix in lieu of a streaming stick or a smart TV. My parents used their Wii for Netflix until I was like, hey, by the way, this isn't even HD. And so then we got a uh, Amazon Fire TV. So with that being said, if you do want to uh, watch some Netflix on your Wii U, you better go ahead and dive in because it is going away soon. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed today's show, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about everything we talked about here today. But specifically, do you think DualSense features will come to Xbox controllers? Would love to hear what you have to say. But until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon and peace.